Welcome to Shadows of the South, Tales by Russ Thompson. Episode 1, Sweet Grace, Let Me See Your Face. This tale is based on an actual ghost sighting that has occurred in Middle Tennessee. At the end of the story, I will reveal what is actually true about this story. Late April 1862, the Bear Creek Church outside of Mooresville, Tennessee, opened its doors to house the wounded and serve as a place of worship for Confederate soldiers as they moved east from the costly battle at Shiloh. One such soldier was Sergeant Charles Richmond from Savannah, a tall young man with brown hair who had seen his best friend die right in front of him. In spite of all the bloodshed that he'd witnessed, all he could think about was his younger sister Kim and his aging widowed mother Evelyn, who had raised them both. He kneeled before the altar in the newly built sanctuary and prayed for the dead and the living. He had joined the Confederate Army under pressure from family and friends and had kept his views with regards to the war under wraps for fear of recrimination. He did not agree with slavery or for the extravagances of the rich, and in his view, they were poor men fighting a war to defend the values of these rich men who didn't give a cuss about rural families living in poverty. As Charles arose from his kneeling position, he heard gunfire not too far away, coming from the hill behind the church. He quickly grabbed his rifle that was leaning against a pew and ran towards the door. As soon as he crossed the threshold, shots rang out from the woods beyond the churchyard. People were screaming and soldiers were headed for cover. Suddenly, a shot hit Charles square in the chest and he fell right in front of the entrance of the church. The Union soldiers chased the remaining Confederate soldiers who fled into the surrounding woods. The young Pastor Johnson climbed up a tree and waited for all the gunfire to halt. September 1964. Grace Harbor put her copy of Meet the Beatles on her record player and danced around the room to the sounds of I Want to Hold Your Hand. Two seconds later, her stepmother Robin entered the room wearing a stern frown and turned the music off. I thought I told you no music after 8 p.m., Grace, she said sternly. Sorry, Robin, Grace replied. Mother, Robin corrected her. Mother, sorry, I forgot. I got so excited about hearing the new Beatles album, Grace responded. Well, it will cost you, she said with strict disapproval as she unplugged the record player, grabbed the album cover, and took them out of the room. Grace sighed and threw herself on her bed. I hate her, she told herself, talking through her pillow. She never has anything nice to say, and she's stricter than the nuns at Our Lady of Perpetual Sorrow School. Robin was jealous of her husband's love for his daughter. Thomas Harbor doted on his daughter and had become a little bit more distant, spending less and less quality time with Grace after Robin came into his life. In fact, Robin had convinced him that boarding school was the right option for Grace now that she was about to enter high school. Robin had also convinced Thomas to make Grace break up with her boyfriend, who she said had too much of an air of mischievousness. Then they told Grace about the plan to send her to boarding school. She slammed the door in front of them and cried for about two hours. It was the final straw. That night, she had planned to run away with her Great Dane Albert. The only place that she could think of was the abandoned church in the middle of nowhere. Yes, the old Bear Creek Church that had been vacant since the 1930s. After 11 o'clock, when she knew for sure that everyone in the house was asleep, she put Albert on his leash and told him to be quiet. 
She took a large suitcase that had enough clothes to last a week or so and quietly slipped through the back door. Her friend Emily was supposed to meet her at the end of the street and drive her to the church. Emily was a few minutes late, but she finally showed up in her parents' Chevrolet and drove her and Albert into the night. You sure this is a good idea, sweetie? Emily asked, scratching her nose nervously. Maybe my parents might let you stay with us a while. Are you kidding? You know, they would absolutely call my folks. Besides, this is only temporary until I can come up with a better plan, she replied. It was pitch black as they took the drive down the old Bear Creek Road and made the lonely turn off to the right, which led to the old church. I'm not coming with you, Emily said. That place gives me the willies. David Parker said he went up there with his friends one night and they saw some strange lights. And those windows, those red windows, they were glowing as if there was a light on inside. Emily drew her shoulders up as if she were shivering. I don't give credence to David and his stories, Grace answered skeptically. Besides, they were probably drunk on whiskey. Well, I suppose you're right, Emily answered, and gave her friend a hug just before she and Albert got out of the car. The old two-story church stood looming at the end of a field, outlined by a dark hill beyond, looking run down and ominous. The windows, indeed, had a bit of red tint due to the color of the stained glass. Grace and Albert opened the creaking door, which was not locked, and peered into the gloom. Inside was a large sanctuary with old, dusty wooden pews. Grace spent that whole first night just inside the entrance, as far away from the pitch dark of the interior as possible, with their dog guarding at the front. He did not leave her the whole night, despite, despite smelling all kinds of interesting things in the nearby woods. The second night, things got a little chillier, so Grace bundled all of the blankets around her. Suddenly, Albert growled at something that was just outside the front entrance. Grace looked out but didn't see anything but an orb of light that danced above her, their heads and came slowly down near the ground. The orb slowly became the translucent figure of a young man in a soldier's outfit. Hello, he said, and his voice had a slight echo, as if he were speaking from within a, a deep cave. Grace was too frightened at first to say anything in response. Don't worry, I mean you no harm, young lady, he said with kindness, smiling at her. What, what, what are you doing here? Are you a ghost? She asked with trepidation. Well, I guess for lack of a better term, you could say that. The name's Charles, he said, and he told her all about the bloody battle of Shiloh and the aftermath. How terrible, she said, after getting over the initial shock of talking to an apparition, to die so young for ideals you don't even agree with. She petted Albert, who was growling, still unsure about their new friend. I agree, he said, looking at his feet. You know, you remind me a lot of my younger sister, Kim. Same auburn hair, same forlorn expression, but she had hazel eyes, not your pretty blue ones. Thank you, she said, realizing that she was blushing. They talked into the night, and Grace revealed to him all her unpleasant circumstances. Charles said that he would help protect her in case they came looking for her, and she thanked him for his intention. He was feeling the same protective feelings he had felt for his sister shortly before his untimely death. About two nights later, a group of teenagers drove up to the church, and one stumbled out of the car. Come on, boys, let's see if we can get any of those Confederate ghosts to come out, he said. Just then, Albert began to bark, and a small orb floated up from the trees towards the church. 
Grace heard the noises and hid behind a pew. It's okay, boy, Gene Watkins said. We just want to have a look at the old place and see if the tales that they tell are true. I wonder whose dog that is. We should get out of here, Gene. That dog looks like he might have the rabies, Jason Billing said from the back seat. Then Andrew Hensley looked out of the back seat window. Hey, guys, that's Albert, Grace Arbor's dog. You're kidding me, Andy, Gene slurred as he leaned against the car. She must be hiding out around here, or maybe something even happened to her, Andrew exclaimed. Grace, hey, Grace, are you in there? Gene shouted, walking a little closer to the entrance. Albert growled and snarled and caused him to take a quick step backwards. The orb floated in the trees just beyond the field behind the church. Whoa, easy boy. We just want to know if your master is around. The police station is right down the road. We have to let them know that her dog is out here. She might have been hurt or killed, or that dog, you know, he's just not going to let you inside, Andrew reasoned. I guess you're right, Andy boy, Gene finally agreed, and he got in the car and sped out of there, peeling out as they got back onto Bear Creek Road. Oh no, said Grace as she emerged from behind the pew. Now they're going to be here any minute. We've got to get out of here, Albert. Don't worry, Charles said from the direction of the entrance of the church. I won't let anything happen to you. Thank you, Charles, but I can't stay here forever. I have almost no money and my food supplies are very low. She began to pack her things and look around for anything she might have missed. Just as she got her bag zipped and was ready to head out the door, a police siren came wailing down the road towards the church, and behind that car another one followed. She had not been quick enough. A young policeman got out of the car, shining a flashlight towards the entrance of the church. The pale orb flitted above the roof of the church, moving in towards the front. Grace Harbor, are you in there? Now you come on out. Your parents are worried sick. It's time to go on home. Just then, Albert emerged from the shadows, his eyes glowing in the dark. His teeth were bared and he was growling. Now easy, boy. We don't want anyone getting hurt, the officer said, slowly pulling his revolver from its holster. At that same moment, another car pulled up behind the squad car. It was Grace's parents. The officer continued to move slowly towards the doorway, talking softly to the dog, saying, Easy, boy. Then he raised his voice in order to become sterner with Grace. Now you call off your dog, miss, and you come on out of there. Come on, Albert, back off. It's okay, she whispered to him, but he stayed where he was, still snarling. Charlie appeared just behind the officer, ready to intervene in order to protect Grace. Thomas and Robin emerged from their car and walked up towards the church. They saw the iridescent figure of the soldier standing behind the police officer and stood there, mouths agape, not sure of what they were even witnessing. The officer entered the building, and in a sudden rush of noise, Albert lunged at him. The officer drew his gun and fired, but did not hit the dog. Grace had thrown herself in front of her beloved pet and had taken the shot. She lay bleeding beneath the front pew. The dog lunged again, and this time the shot did not miss its mark. The officer spun around when he felt eyes on him and saw the translucent figure of the soldier frowning down on him. What have you done? Charles asked, his voice sounding like water cascading into deep pools in the dark. What the heck is going on here? The officer asked, but the soldier's figure was gone and had reappeared at Grace's side, smoothing back her hair and shedding tears that did not make drops on the ground. 
Grace's parents stood crying and holding one another, still unable to speak about what they were witnessing. Charles carried Grace's body out of the church and looked to the woods behind them. Several soft glowing orbs appeared above the tree line and floated towards Charles, surrounding him and the girl. One by one, the orbs became other soldiers that took off their hats and put their hands on their hearts, bowing their heads. The officer and Grace's parents were astounded, shocked, and grieving all at the same time. October 2016. Fred was dying to take his girlfriend Kathy somewhere that they could be alone, and it wouldn't hurt if it was a place that was a little creepy so that she would be more likely to cuddle up close to him. It also didn't hurt that a storm was on the way because it would add to the creepy effect of the place. He pulled up to the old Bear Creek Church and felt a sudden solemnness as he stared at the faint red light that came from its windows. Well, this is it, hun, the old church. Now it's time to test the old legend. I've been wanting to do this since I was a little boy, he said excitingly. No way, Shog. Let's get away from here, she replied, not moving from her car seat. I've heard all kinds of creepy things about this place. Well, let me try it, and I can show you that it's just a legend, he said reassuringly. After all, a legend is a made-up story designed to scare kids around campfires. Fred walked somewhat apprehensively into the entrance of the church and turned back towards Kathy, who still sat with her teeth chattering in the car. Okay, here goes, hon. He swallowed hard and turned back towards the entrance. Sweet Grace, let me see your face, he said with authority. The thunder was beginning to become more frequent as the storm approached them. Then, with a flash of lightning, he saw the pale face of a girl staring back at him with a forlorn expression, faintly lit in the gloom. He gasped and turned to leave, but he saw a huge dog with glowing blue eyes, teeth bared, blocking his exit. With each flash of lightning, the girl came closer, and the dog came closer from the opposite side. Fred yelled out, Help me! And Kathy just stared helplessly from where she had gotten out of the car. All around the church, several faintly glowing orbs danced about the field as the sky opened up and a heavy rain fell. So this tale is almost completely fiction. It was based on a few sightings that have occurred around the actual Bear Creek Church near Mooresville. People have seen shadowy figures inside of the church. They've seen faintly glowing lights up in the windows. And some have even felt the presence of a dog-like spirit. So I took all of these elements and created the rest. Thank you so much for listening.